Remember, remember the 5th of November. Gunpowder, treason, and plot. Hello and welcome to the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. I'm Mark Reese, and on each episode, I investigate a different, weird, and wonderful subject. And on this episode, we are going to look at the somewhat unusual and curious traditions surrounding Guy Fawkes Night, also known as Guy Fawkes Day, Bonfire Night, Fireworks Night, or, as we say in Wales, Norson Gitto Folk. And this night, this celebration of bonfires and fireworks and burning effigies takes place annually on November the 5th. Halloween, sadly, is but a fading memory. We have moved on to bonfires and fireworks. Now, the concept of Guy Fawkes Night might be very familiar to any British listeners. It might be quite alien to any international listeners. And in its most simplistic form, it is celebrated once a year to commemorate a foiled attempt to blow up the Parliament of King James I in England way back in 1605. Back in the days of William Shakespeare, a group of men attempted to blow up the English King and the English Parliament. They failed, and now we set off fireworks every year to commemorate it. Now, that is a very simplistic way of looking at things, and we will look at them in more depth later. We will also look at what fascinates me about this holiday, and that is the traditions surrounding it. Why? Why do we build giant bonfires? Why do we burn effigies on them? It's all a little bit, it's all a little bit wicker man, if you know what I mean. And to help me explore the history and the traditions, my good friend, Mr. Owen Staten, Wales's finest storyteller will be joining me on this podcast very soon. And not only does Owen love Guy Fawkes Night, he went as far as to write a one-man play about it, which he performed a few years ago. So you could say Owen is something of a superfan when it comes to Guy Fawkes Night. But before I connect with Owen via the magic of the internet, what I would like to do is take a very quick look at how Wales fits in to this story, because this podcast is predominantly interested in ghosts and folklore of Wales. And while this is intrinsically an English tradition, it is also a British tradition, and it has been embraced by many people in Wales over the centuries. I have very fond memories of celebrating it growing up. And there is a great quote by Wirt Sykes, who I reference a lot on this podcast. Wirt Sykes was an American writer who moved to Wales and wrote extensively on Welsh folklore and Welsh fairy tales. And he wrote this about Guy Fawkes Night in Wales in the late 19th century. And he says, November the 5th, the anniversary of the gunpowder plot is much observed in Wales. He then goes on to quote Bishop Sanderson, who said, God grant 
that we, nor ours, ever live to see November the 5th forgotten or the solemnity of it silenced. He tells us, and as an American, he would have first-hand experience of this, and he says the words are similar to those used by a great American of the early days of the Republic with regard to the 4th of July. God grant it might never be forgotten. And this is a good comparison which I think still rings true today. July the 4th in America, like November the 5th in Britain, are both very state-sponsored days of patriotism where fireworks are let off. For better or for worse, there is going to be a lot of fireworks. And very quickly, Sykes continues, the rights by which both days are celebrated are as old as tradition and much older than history, as the Americans have given historical significance to bonfires and fireworks, so the English before them did to sacrificing a puppet on Guy Fawkes Day. And he also notes how the tradition has been embraced in Catholic countries, which might sound like one heck of a contradiction, as we will look into later on this episode. But he says that some Catholic nations have made the rite a religious one in the hanging of Judas. So Guy Fawkes has been replaced with Judas in a Catholic version of this. And all three customs are traced to the same original, the ancient Druidic sacrifices to the sun gods. So Sykes tells us that for all the reasons we might celebrate Guy Fawkes Day, Americans might celebrate July the 4th, the Catholics might hang Judas, we can trace this all back to the Druids making sacrifices to the sun gods. Now, if you listened to my Halloween episodes, and if not, by all means, please go back and check them out after this one. But I spoke of how the Druids would light gigantic bonfires in Wales. And while Sykes doesn't say this directly, you could say, you could, only could say that maybe, maybe the Welsh Druids led to the creation of July the 4th in America. Yes, I know it's a long stretch, but you could say there might be a link. And he finishes by saying it is noteworthy that the 5th of November and the 4th of July or rather, the fiery features of these days, are alike voted a nuisance by respectable and steady-going people in the countries in which they respectively belong. So Sykes tells us that even back in Victorian times, there were respectable people complaining about the fun and games that went with it. And I am... Personally, I I sit on the fence a bit with this one. I do like some of the traditions and waving sparklers about, and, you know, maybe a bonfire in the correct conditions, but I do have a big problem when huge fireworks cause problems for for wildlife, and there are always some some terrible, heart-wrenching stories of animals suffering as a result. So I'm very much on, on the fence on this one. But anyway, that's enough of the downside. Let's get into these traditions. Let's get into why people burn effigies, why people even celebrate this night in the first place. And if this all goes to plan, we will very soon hear the voice of Mr. Owen Staten popping up on this podcast. 
Welcome to the show, Mr. Owen Staten. Hi, Mark. How are you again? Good to see you again. Very good. We've had, we've had Halloween. Now it's time to say happy Guy Fawkes Night. It is, isn't it? No son, get folk, as we say in Wales. No son, get folk, yes. Or, <laughs> or fireworks night or bonfire night. What, what, is your, what is your name of choice, Owen? Well, I've always had a bit of a bee in my bonnet about this, Mark, because it's known as Guy Fawkes Night, and everyone sees it as Guy Fawkes Night or Gitto Folk Night or Bonfire Night. But essentially, when you look at what happened on that night or on, in those days in 1605, I think it should be called Robert Catesby Night. So uh, it's very important that we know that because Guy Fawkes, although um, you know he's a big character in this and there's a lot of folklore around him and a lot of tradition has grown up, the main key player in the gunpowder plot was a guy called Robert Catesby. So um, it's uh, knowing all about that story, which makes it important. And uh, as something... I think in the last few years in particular, um, Guy Fawkes Night or, you know, uh, Bonfire Night seems to have fallen out of favour in, uh, in, because Halloween has grown so strong and so sort of, uh, um, sort of commercialised, really, that it's important that we remember where this came from because this is a tradition that's lasted you know, 500 years. And, uh, and as a young boy, I could have got really fond memories of, of, um, of Guy Fawkes Night. And... Uh, I feel it's quite a shame that we don't sort of celebrate as we once did. Yeah, and that's a very good point you were saying about the name because I, I get annoyed when people call it fireworks night sin. You're like, oh, come on, you've forgotten the story about Guy Fawkes. But of course, even that is wrong because as, as you mentioned, Guy Fawkes wasn't the main man either. So it should have another name altogether. But these, these traditions then that you see as, as dying off that are, that, are, that are losing out to Halloween, what, what are those traditions that you remember? Oh, well, as a young lad, I could spend um, the weeks leading up to Guy Fawkes night was where I got all my pocket money from. I can remember, um, you know, going from house to house with a paper stuffed guy, old clothes all stuffed with newspaper, knocking on doors and saying penny for the guy. And, um, you know, people would give you pennies. I can remember one night, I um, this is, says my age now, but I... I, I I raised enough money to go to the local shop and buy myself a Smurf house. If you remember the Smurfs. The mushroom house. Yeah, the mushroom house that came with the Smurfs. I think it was something like six pound. And um, I'd saved up enough money over a couple of nights of uh, Guy Fawkes night, um, uh, you know, penny for the guy in that I managed to get this Smurf house. And there were just all the locations that brought people together. I was in the Scouts in um, in the village where I'm from for many years. And we always used to have a big bonfire and people would gather there and um, the back. Uh, garden sort of firework parties when my, my children were small all these things which are so evocative and it's always at that time of year where you can smell the smoke in the air you can hear the whizzing of the fireworks and that going back over centuries you know and all down to this rather strange plot against the king from 1605 it's amazing that history is full of these type of things but this one has lasted and this one is still talked about to this day. But for some reason, just in this generation, the last 10, 15 years, it seems to have fallen a little bit out of favour, which is, which is kind of strange. Yes. And uh, I, I mean, you're in full, full dramatic flow then, so I didn't want to interrupt Owen, but um, I should point out that spending penny for a guy money on a Smurf house technically is cheating. That money should go towards your bonfire and fireworks and things for the night. But there you go. I'm sure those people who gave you those pennies in good faith will, will forgive and forget after all these years. 
<laughs> Absolutely, uh, yeah. But it's 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 a fantastic story, Mark. I mean, um, you remember, and it's so evocative. It's something I've looked into in the last couple of years. I actually wrote a play about the gunpowder plot. It was called Remember, Remember, which of course goes for Remember, Remember the fifth of November. And in that play, and it wasn't a play; it was a storytelling piece. And I played Christopher Wright, who was one of the minor minor players in the gunpowder plot. And I spoke about his experiences throughout the plot and how how it happened. And um, I really enjoyed it. And it, it just, it's such an evocative sort of um, part of British history, really. And just the names of some of the people in it, you know, um, Robert Catesby, John and Christopher Wright, Robert and Thomas Winter, Thomas Percy, Ambrose Rookwood, and people like that. They've got these very evocative names that... Um, bring together all these sort of uh, Elizabethan spy stories and all these things that happened. And um, when you think of the story, it's an amazing story from a plot that was a, no, a non-starter from the beginning, really. And, um, and it was an utter failure. And, um, but it's brought together such a great sort of um, uh, historical resonance that still goes about today. I mean, it started in the, the Duck and Drake pub on the Strand in, um, in London, where Robert Catesby, who was a, a known sort of Elizabethan troublemaker, but had been pardoned by um, the, uh, the, the, the Queen, um, uh, the late Queen Elizabeth at this time, for his role in the Essex Rebellion, gathered a group of friends together with a plot to blow up the Houses of Parliament with gunpowder smuggled in from abroad. His plan was then to um, escape to the country whilst Parliament was in flames, taking the King, uh, all the major politicians at the time, um, escape to the country, kidnap the King's daughter, James's daughter, uh, and put her on the throne as a Catholic uh, monarch. And uh, the people in his, uh, in his um, dreams would rise up and uh, overthrow everyone at the time and and everything would be good and that was his plan so he gathered all his um his, his um co-conspirators together and they hired a room under the um the houses of parliament which they stuffed with apparently 36 barrels of gunpowder and um, one of these conspirators there were 13 in the end which is always an unlucky number um was the ill-fated guy Fawkes, or guido fox as he was known or Gito folk as he's known in uh, in wales a man from york who had spent uh, most of his life fighting for the British Army abroad. Um, he joined Catesby, and he was apparently quite a quiet-spoken um, uh, sort of fellow, but he had a great interest in, in sort of ammunition and gunpowder, so that's why he was there. So, uh, leading up to um, the 5th of November, Parliament had been sort of uh, postponed many times leading up to it, quite ironically because of a plague, um, which is something that we're going through at the moment. So um, they kept putting Parliament back, if you like, locking it down. And in the end, Catesby and his fellows had um, stuffed the underneath of um, the, uh, the the Parliament cellars with 36 barrels of gunpowder, which was a really sort of large amount. And it was enough to blow Parliament to kingdom come, really. And um, it was all ready to go. But things started to fall apart for him. And uh, what happened was they put uh, gun, uh, Guy Fawkes into the... Um, the cellar ready and guarding the, um, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the powder, ready to make a run for it and dash for it. He was even wearing his spurs ready to go. But it seems that uh, one of the, uh, the plotters lost his nerve and at one point made a, um, 
a plea to a, uh, a member of parliament who was called Lord Monteagle, who he was uh, maybe related to or a friend to, and sent him an anonymous note warning him not to go to parliament on that date. And there's an amazing account of this where Monteagle is sat having lunch and a servant knocks at the door and says, uh, my Lord, there's a messenger at the door. And the messenger is sort of hooded and cloaked. And without reading the letter out, um, although I advise any of the uh, listeners to actually do so, um, it basically says to Monteagle, don't go to Parliament because it will suffer a great blow. And uh, all you know, people, it implies that everyone's going to be killed in there. Um, so someone's trying to do Monteagle a good deed. And uh, we don't know who that was, which of the plotters it was. But Monteagle, being the sort of guy that he was, went straight to Robert Cecil, who was uh, James's spymaster, and, um, and grasped them up, basically. Um, the king asked for the, um, the uh, cellars under Parliament to be searched. And there they came across Guy Fawkes. They let him go once. They just saw him there sitting next to a load of uh, um, sort of what looked like storage items. They left him there. He said his name was John Johnson and he was just guarding his master's sort of uh, items. That's a good fake name, isn't it? John Johnson. I know. What's your name? Uh, John Johnson. John Johnson. Dave oh. Davis. I don't know. Yeah, Davis. yeah, that's right. And they let him go. Um, so it wasn't a great search by all any means. But in fairness, they went back and they arrested him and they found the gunpowder. Catesby and his fellows uh, panicked, rode off into the country. And to cut a long story short, they went to a, um, a country house near Warwick called uh, Holbeach House. And they um, made a last stand there. This is very reminiscent of the sort of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids sort of stand where they rush out and are shot down. And Catesby is apparently sort of killed, clutching an effigy of the Virgin Mary, um, and, you know, sort of dies this sort of martyr's death, whereas uh, Fawkes is tortured. Um, he releases all the names of everyone involved, and many of the plotters are then caught and sort of hand-drawn and quartered in a really grisly way. Um, and this, uh, following this, then, the king is so um, sort of rejoicing about, uh, about the plot and why it's been foiled that he decrees that it should always be sort of a holiday and celebrated from there on and for the first couple of hundred years um, an effigy of the Pope was burned um, instead of Guy Fawkes but um, as time went on and time started to change people left that old tradition behind and started to burn an effigy of Guy Fawkes and as this of course is a, uh, a ghosts podcast ghosts and folklore, folklore of Wales we should always talk about the sort of ghostly sort of goings on involved in it yeah and are there many there's a few. There are a few. There's nothing really specific. One of the major ones is um, there are reports of Fawkes screaming heard in the depths of the uh, Tower of London, which is a um, where he was tortured. And um, apparently people there late, late at night on cold, dark winter nights around the 5th of November also often hear him crying you know, for mercy and crying out the names of the co-conspirators as well. I often feel that, you know, in the Tower of London, there's been a lot of people tortured. So apart from if he actually says the names of the co-conspirators, why we think it's Guy Fawkes, I don't know. But um, there, you know, there are rumours of that. In Guy Fawkes' house in York, where he is reported to have been born, there have been reports of his spectre being seen there as well. And um, in Holbeach House, there are um, reports that sometimes um, the cries and the gunshots can be heard from the final battle where the conspirators made their last stand. So there are some ghostly reports around it, but I would, you know, I would thoroughly recommend that anyone who was sort of interested in this, there's a really good book by a historian called Antonia Frazier, 
um, called The Gunpowder Plot, which is still in print, which really gives this a really sort of good um, going over, really, and sort of presents it as a um, historical drama, which is uh, how, it, how it came about. And a couple of years old, there's a, um, uh, a, a drama called Gunpowder, which starred Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Which was, yeah, shown on BBC, and that's a good watch. And, of course, you and I will both remember, and it's there on Amazon Prime, there's a fantastic Derek Acora Gunpowder plot. <laughs> Derek Acora, yes. Derek Acora, bless him. But if anyone um, wants to check that out, he sort of um, uh, explores the sort of ghosts and traditions associated with the gunpowder plot. But you, you know what, I didn't, because you were in full flow again, so I didn't want to interrupt you a few minutes ago, but you mentioned about the Monteagle letter and mm-hmm. this mystery surrounding it. Nobody knows, but Derek Acora does know. If you watch that episode, Derek yeah. will tell you all the secrets. He will do. And there's loads of theories about that letter, but I just, you know, it's that evocative, as a storyteller, is that evocative sort of image of that, uh, maybe a rainy, damp, windswept night, and that um, the, the messenger standing there in the rain with their hood, passing this cryptic note to Bond Eagle's servant, you know, and then disappearing into the night. There's something really spooky and creepy about that, isn't there, which I love. Yes. And I think, well, I mean, what a lot of people forget is we, we, we say dates and we forget, but this is... You know, it's it's Shakespeare time, isn't it? It's such a, a wonderful po- point in history that this is all happening. And um, yes, it would be a shame if it disappeared away. And what I what I also find quite fascinating as well is that it, it is very much an English event. But th- there's a quote I used earlier from Vert Sykes who says that the gunpowder plot is much observed in Wales. And you were saying yourself, you think there is something about the Welsh who have really embraced this this tradition, even though it isn't necessarily a Welsh thing. Oh, yeah, amazingly so. And I mean, I can remember, you know, going back to the sort of early, mid-80s, where people would gather in the villages everywhere with these huge bonfires and, you know, all these effigies, Guy Fawkes effigies being thrown on them. And um, it really was a big event. And I can remember, you know, the weeks leading up to it, we get really excited. And it's that time of year, I love bonfire night, when you are outside, you can hear, just smell that burning on the breeze, you know, of the, of the fireworks and trying to write your name with a sparkler and eating sort of hot dogs and all those things. And as a youngster, I can remember it was a massive event but it just seems to have fallen away now you know um maybe it's a community thing maybe it's a cultural thing but it's something that we've sort of stepped away from really but it's i've got a great interest in it when i was young i always thought it was guy fawkes night but knowing the history about catesby and all the others involved in it and and the plot sort of really brings it to life and i'd recommend that to any of the listeners really and that that is something you're right that is something a bit like halloween you you don't need a big party you don't need a million fireworks in a stadium somewhere you can you can read that book you can watch derek on amazon you can do these things at home wave your sparklers about and still celebrate without going to any huge effort and expense uh, amazingly so and i always thought you know it was always a little bit almost pathetic you know at home with me i'd have a small sort of firework display in the garden with a with a box of black cat fireworks that i bought in asda you know as a youngster uh, and then one of my young lads he, uh, only a few weeks ago with all this lockdown thing going on but he turned to me and he said dad are we gonna have a firework display this year because i really want one and that just sort of really touched my heart that did that something so simple and something 
you know, those nights that I remember as a child that had an effect on my own child, that's something they really look forward to. And it was one thing that they really wanted to see. So I hope that, you know, it's something that will carry on. And I hope that it's been many a year since I've had somebody knock in the door with a penny for the guy. But um, I hope that it's something that we will keep going on. Not if he... You know, we, even we may not support the the story of the gunpowder plot, and it you know things are dark enough these days as it is without sort of supporting this sort of thing. But it's just the tradition of it, which is so important. And in Wales, it's something that the Welsh villages going back at the early part of the twentieth century seemed to really embrace. But I think it was just the bringing people together that actually made that so. De- definitely, I mean, I don't obviously I can't speak for an entire country, but I don't think it was about picking sides in the old story, was it? In Wales, it was just a case of let's have a get-together, a big fire, and cook some food and, and set some fireworks off, rather than thinking too much about the real reason behind it. Absolutely, and I think a lot of it is involved with um, sort of Halloween as well. I think at that time of year, going back years ago, there were big celebrations regarding bonfires and things like that, you know, even before the time of uh, Guy Fawkes, etc. So um, I think it probably built on earlier traditions as well, sort of folkloric traditions and, and celebrations that people did before the gunpowder plot. And it was just added to them later on and, uh, and, um, and became more of a, you know, a sort of a, a tradition as regards to the gunpowder plot rather than the earlier traditions. Yeah. But um, it, yeah, it's just, you know, I can remember going back as a young child, it was a big event in the year. It was a big event in the year and it just brought people together in a really nice way. I, I do wish, you've touched upon it there, if only Guy Fawkes had waited a couple of weeks, or, <laughs> or everyone else, you, you wouldn't have this big clash with Halloween. They're so close together. They <laughs> trip over each other, don't, don't they? And yeah. <laughs> it was November the 31st. That'd be great. You'd have Halloween, then a month later, Guy Fawkes night, then a month later, Christmas. You know, everyone's happy. It'd be more balanced out. Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? Perhaps if the plague hadn't have um, uh, postponed the Houses of Parliament opening, it would have been earlier in the year. Um, yeah. But yeah, but there's loads of, um, if you watch any of the sort of um, documentaries that are still on a lot of the channels, you can download. There's loads of theories that, you know, the, the government knew all about it from the start. It was a, um, they knew to bring it down when they did that Cecil, the, the spy master, you know, he sort of orchestrated the whole event. There's loads of theories involved in it. And it's a really interesting, in read no matter where you come from and if you like sort of um, uh, you know this type of history as I know you do I do and I hope a lot of the listeners do there are um, loads of stories and things you can explore with it that are really interesting and um, maybe maybe as well something maybe there are some ghost stories from Wales regarding it if not about the conspirators themselves but maybe about things that happened at that time as well so it's something it's well worth us looking into a bit deeper in future episodes maybe Definitely. And I I like to put a shout out on each episode asking people if they've got any stories. So that is going to be my one for this one, really. If anyone out there does want to get in touch with us with any Guy Fawkes bonfire type ghost stories. And um, well, we've got 12 months, I guess, to get them ready for next year's (laughs) Guy Fawkes special. And we'll we'll do it again. So I guess we've done Halloween and we've done Guy Fawkes back to back now, Owen. So does that mean your next appearance on this show is going to be Christmas time? Talk about some well, Christmas ghosts. That could be, couldn't it? That's up to you, Mark. I mean, whatever you, you call upon me. But what I <laughs> yes. could suggest is that the, um, the ghost of, maybe next year's Ghosts of Wales event, we could gather for a bonfire. That would be nice. Have some tales around the fireplace. Have a, um, some fireworks set off where we could link Halloween and bonfire night together. It'd be a tremendous night, wouldn't it? Do you know what? If, if we're able to, I would absolutely love to do that. So fingers crossed the world is in a slightly better place 
come October, November 2021. Yeah, yeah, I will raise a toast to that as well. And I'll raise a toast to this end. And on that note, I'll say thank you very much once again, Owen. And do you want to give any quick shout out while you're on? Any new videos or can anyone check out anything new from you? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Mark. I mean, um, if anyone wants to check out Owen Staten, um, Time Between Times videos on uh, YouTube, I've got a host of videos. I try to put one up every week. Um, lots of old folklore, ghost stories, things like that. And hopefully by the time you hear this, I will ma- I've made a little Guy Fawkes one where I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it as well. So everyone can, um, can relive everything you've just heard here. So please take a look at that and follow me on Twitter. Owen Staten or Owen S. Griffiths, as my name is on Twitter. Don't ask but there it is so please please just check me out that's great thank you and i can highly recommend checking out the videos and checking out the twitter feed thank you owen and we'll do it all again at christmas i look forward to it thank you owen it's always great to get owen onto the show and i'm sure he will be back with us sooner rather than later christmas by the sounds of it and we've reached the point in the episode where i like to ask whether you have any thoughts or memories on these subjects Do you have fond memories of celebrating Guy Fawkes Day in a unusual way? Maybe you had some adventures like Owen was talking about then. If so, it's always great to hear from people wherever you are in the world, whether you're in Wales, whether you're in America celebrating July the 4th or on the moon setting off fireworks to as a distress call. I don't know, but it's easy to track me down. Just do a search for Mark Rees and put the word Wales in, or ghosts or folklore, and I will pop up on top on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, or you can go straight to my website, which has all of the links to my social accounts, or you can just email me directly. And as always, if you have enjoyed this episode, please consider hitting the subscribe button, and you will not miss Owen's return visit at Christmas. Now, I began this episode with that little remember, remember the 5th of November jingle, which is wheeled out at this time of year. But what you might not realise is that this is a very old verse, and it's also part of a longer verse. We just get the first two lines. And while this has evolved over the years, I've tracked down what I think is the earliest version. And to send you all on your way today, I would like to end by reading to you what I think is the oldest full-length version of that Remember, Remember the 5th of November rhyme. And before I do so, it just leaves me to say, thank you very much for listening. Dioch and Varian am grando. I hope you have a wonderful Guy Fawkes night or Norse Norson Gitto folk. I've been Mark Rees. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast. It's the best. It's the beautiful It's the only Ghosts and Folklore podcast beaming to you from Wales to the world. And here is the verse of Guy Fawkes. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder, treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Guy Fawkes, Guy Fawkes, t'was his intent to blow up the king and parliament. Three score barrels of powder below, poor old England to overthrow. For God's providence, he was catched with a dark lantern and burning match. 
Holler boys, holler boys, let the bells ring. Halloa boys, halloa boys, God save the king. And what should we do with him? Burn him. Until next time, no star. <laughs>